Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania, and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service, I'll give them to you now so you can turn to them if you want to, will be Matthew 5, 1 through 12, and Revelation 7, 19 through 17. Also for today, I'll go ahead and give you the children's scripture ahead of time. The verses will be taken from John 11, and they'll be in between verse 32 and 44, but I've cut out a few, so it's a little bit shorter for the kids. So John 11, starting with verse 32. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature or if it's okay to go ahead and share them on the next week's podcast so that your church family may be praying for you or your loved one. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are, of course, for our upcoming election, for Mrs. Tippins, for Linda Jimboni and family, For folks in our church, family who are privately dealing with health challenges or other challenges that they want to keep private, unspoken prayer requests, in other words. For Rebecca, who is fighting cancer. For little Nate Gray, who is fighting cancer. For the Williamses. For all our healthcare workers and first responders, for all our governmental and civic leaders. And a couple quick announcements. Plains UMC has a chicken and biscuits dinner on November 14th from 4 to 6 p.m. November 14th, 4 to 6. This is takeout only. A large dinner is $10 and a small, smaller serving is $5. You can order by calling the following number. 570-200-5040. Again, that's 570-200-5040. And First UMC has a pasties sale this week. Please order by Wednesday, November 4th. Pickup is Thursday, November 5th after 1 p.m. It's $7 per pasty. You can order by calling the church office at 570-655-1083. That's 570-655-1083. All Saints Day, November 1st, 2020. Our first hymn for this morning is Shall We Gather at the River, number 723 in the hymnal. And I will say that I have a bit of a sore throat today, so I'm going to be singing, I'll try, but please forgive me if it sounds a little froggy. Shall we gather at the river where bright angel feet have trod with its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of god yes we'll gather at the river the beautiful the beautiful river gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of god on the margin of the river washing up its silver spray we will walk and worship ever 
all the happy golden day. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Ere we reach the shining river, lay we every burden down. Grace our spirits will deliver and provide a robe and crown. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Soon we'll reach the shining river. Soon our pilgrimage will cease. Soon our happy hearts will quiver with the melody of peace. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from Psalm 43, verses 3 through 5. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Our call to worship. We have come today to affirm our historic faith, to worship the God of our mothers and fathers. We have come to remember God's many blessings, to respond then in thanksgiving to God's mighty works. We have come to affirm our trust in the God of all futures, to whose name be all honor and glory forever. Amen. Our prayer of invocation. Let us pray. Loving God, we, your saints, on this All Saints Day, gather together to worship and praise you this day. We celebrate the saints who have served you and been an example for us throughout the past. We give you thanks for the joy of being a part of the communion of saints with those who have gone before and those scattered around the globe. Open us to your spirit, so that we may be the saints you have called us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is entitled, For All the Saints, number 711 in the hymnal. And I'll be reading it. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou, Lord, their captain in the well-fought fight. Thou in the darkness drear, their one true light. O oh, may thy soldiers, faithful, true, and bold, fight as the saints who nobly fought of old, 
and win with them in the victor's crown of gold. O bless communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. And when the strife is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. From earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams in the countless host, singing to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Alleluia, Alleluia. Join with me together now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Now is the time for our children's message. Our Bible story today comes from a book in the Bible called John. The story is a little longer than the stories I usually read. Please close your eyes while I read. Try to really, really listen and try to make pictures in your mind of each thing I say, like, like a movie. Imagine what it all might have looked like. Okay, close your eyes and listen. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly sad in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you put him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Then Jesus, very sad, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it to block it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said to God in heaven, Father, I thank you for having heard me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, walked out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, watching, unbind him and let him go. The man in the story named Lazarus, he was all okay. Jesus made him alive again, and he was well and went on to live many more years. His sisters were very glad. Now imagine that we are together and I have a mirror with me. 
I ask you to look into that mirror so that you can see your own face. I say, look into this mirror. What do you see? You see yourself, your mouth, if you're not wearing a face mask, your hair, your cheeks, your eyes. Now let me ask you, have you ever been told that you look like someone in your family? Has anyone ever come up to you and say that, oh, you look like your mom, or you look like your dad, or, or a, a brother or sister? I get told that I look like my grandmother. My grandmother's name was Suzanne, and when she was a girl, everyone called her Susie. Sometimes when I go to family reunions or gatherings, parties for the family, the older relatives will hold my face and say, Oh, it's just like seeing Susie again. And sometimes they'll get a happy, sad look on their face and happy, sad tears in their eyes. Sad because they miss her, but happy because they're happy to see her in me. So sometimes when I look in the mirror, I do not just see myself, I see my grandma too. And I love then to remember my grandma and all the things we did together. I often wish she was still here so I could hug her and talk to her again. Do any of you have people you love that have died and you wish were still here, or maybe pets that you loved who have died and you wish were still here? Jesus has a friend named Lazarus, and in this story today, Lazarus did die, and he was dead for four days before Jesus came. When Jesus came, when, when Lazarus' sisters went to get Jesus, they were very sad, and, and so was Jesus. Then Jesus did this amazing thing, and after four days of being dead, he told Lazarus to come out of that tomb. And Lazarus did come out, and the family had their brother back. He was raised from the dead. Now, sometimes I'm sad that this does not happen with the ones I love. I would like to see them not just in the mirror when I look at myself or in a picture. I'd like to see them actually and for real. So sometimes the story makes me sad, but other times the story gives me hope. Jesus wants us to know that one day we will be with those we love and miss. He wants us to remember that we will see them again as surely as we see ourselves in the mirror. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, not just to show us his power, but also to show us that God's love and power can overcome our fears and our sadness. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead so that we might remember God can raise us up from all the sad things that try to keep us down or under, to remind us that God always lifts us up in gladness. So let's look in the mirror in our minds again and say a prayer together. Loving Jesus, Thank you for our faces. Thank you for our memories of those we love. Help us to see them and you in our hearts and to know your gift of gladness. And all God's children say, Amen. Our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Loving God, we do not pretend to understand the mystery of faith, the mystery of living, the mystery of death to which you have called us. Open our hearts and empower us through your spirit that we may be prepared for that journey. And so that as the scripture is read and your word is proclaimed, we may receive with joy what you have for us today. Amen. 
Our gospel reading for today is a pretty famous passage in the Bible, Matthew 5, 1 through 12. You'll recognize it, I'm sure, in just a moment. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Our New Testament reading is from Revelation 7, 9 through 17. After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, The Kingdom of Our Lord. So today is All Saints Day. It's a day that we set aside to remember and honor the saints of God. So what does that mean, honoring the saints of God? Are we talking about honoring saints like St. Christopher or St. Cecilia, St. Benedict or St. Agatha, Catholic saints who are deeply admired and highly popular? Or are we talking about honoring saints like St. Drogo, the patron saint of unattractive people, or St. Polycarp, the patron saint of those with dysentery or earaches? Catholic saints who are a little bit odd, interesting, and amusing. Neither, actually. And especially not for us as Protestant and United Methodist, and as highly attractive people without dysentery. 
All Saints Day and Staden for us is the day when we remember all those Christians who have, how do we like to say it in church? A day we set aside to remember all those Christians who have gone before. So yes, this includes saints like Polycarp and saints like Christopher, but it's a day that becomes more about the average Christian believer. All those who lived their lives and loved their families and were, well, like I said, average Christian believers because they didn't have a verified miracle to their name and they weren't canonized formally in the church and no one paints them for religious history books with halos around their heads. All Saints Day for us is about all the saints we knew and loved, know and love, mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles, grandparents, friends, children, mentors, neighbors, teachers, pastors, mail carriers and CVS workers, the gal who does your knee replacement and the guy who delivers that pizza you ordered to your front door. All of them. All those believers in and disciples of Christ who had gone before. All of those who struggled through this thing called life suffered tragedies and disappointments, struggled with their doubts and their fears, all those who had a moment or two or 27 during which they weren't sure of themselves or what they were doing, much less being entirely sure of their God and what God was doing, and yet, and yet they stayed the path and walked the walk and got through this life by their faith, through their living, and in spite of the great ordeal. Yeah, that's what I said, the great ordeal. What do I mean when I say the great ordeal? Well, I guess I mean anything. What I mean to say is that that phrase can refer to any ordeal for any of them. For St. Christopher, for example, his great ordeal may have been the time during which he was commanded to sacrifice to pagan gods and refused to do so and was punished. For St. Agatha, her great ordeal may have been refusing the sexual advances of the region's governor and the torture that she underwent because of her defiance of him. For your beloved relative, the great ordeal of his or her living may have been the cancer they fought at some point or the bankruptcy that they were so ashamed of but had to file. For our local CVS worker or mail carrier, the great ordeal of their living could refer to their pain and struggle over their own child's heroin addiction or the abuse that they themselves had suffered when they were children at the hands of their parents or someone else. For you and for me, the great ordeal could be any of those things. Well, besides, I suppose, our governor making sexual advances on us and torturing us when we say no. But the point is that for our purposes, the phrase the great ordeal can refer to any overwhelming problem, any suffering or pain, any struggle or hurt, any of the hard, hard living that we all too often are forced to go through and all too often feel like we just can't handle, like it's just too much. After all, all too often, all too much of life seems just like too, too much, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, at times just too, too much. A great ordeal, to be sure. 
whether it's because of this pandemic and the changes and isolation of it, whether it's because of our aging and the failing health and lessening independence of it, whether it's because of our relationship failures and the broken dreams and broken vows of it, whether it's because of the strain and struggle of our work or our schooling, of our finances or our selfishness or our weakness or, or, or so many other things, whether it's because of any of that or of something else entirely, living is hard. Living was hard. Living will always be hard. It's true. So what can we do? Well, this morning or this afternoon, if you're listening later, let's have a discovery or an epiphany. Let's hear some good news. Let's have a revelation of our own as we turn to the book of Revelation and hear again the revelation of that ancient writer as he wrote. After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In this vision, the elder had asked, Who are these and where do they come from? The writer of the book of Revelation had answered him saying, Sir, you're the one that knows. And then the elder said to the writer, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In this passage, the writer of the book of Revelation had a vision in which he saw all the saints of God, all of them gathered there around the throne of God, praising, worshiping, and singing. What the writer saw was a family reunion, a bunch of relatives in belief, a group of kin in faith. What the writer of Revelation saw was not yet the promised kingdom of God, but what was instead the kingdom of God the kingdom, the whole family, all the kin of Christ's disciples and God followers and Christian believers gathered before the throne of their father, of their creator and Christ, of their redeemer and Lord. What he saw in this vision he had was all the saints in something of a All Saints Day celebration of a sort, an All Saints Day celebration in which every saint is all, in which every day, excuse me, is All Saints Day, for which every time is the time to be with the one you love, and that's Lord in heaven, 
surrounded by the ones you love. And such a day it is, always and forever for all the saints who have gone before. Saints who lived lives that shouted throughout the eons and are famous and still wear halos in the paintings, like Cecilia and Drogo. Saints who lived lives that hummed alongside your own that were quieter but no less important, like that CVS worker or your knee surgeon. Saints whose living sung the songs of love throughout your experience, those who held the biggest part of your heart and and touched the deepest part of your soul, like your grandparent who died, or that best friend you lost, or the spouse who had gone before. Who had gone before. Who had gone before us in faith. Who had gone before us in love. Who had gone before us in the great ordeals of their living. Who had gone before us in death. And who have gone before us in eternal living. And that is the point here. This is the good news. That they have gone before us. Not that they have gone without us. Or that we have indeed somehow, quote unquote, lost them. But that they have simply gone on ahead and before. And that they are waiting for us to catch up to them on the path and be with them once again. When we will come into the same throne room. Our clothes washed white with the blood of our Savior. And join in the celebration of the kingdom of our God. And to that I can think of nothing else to say. Except perhaps... Power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 712 in the hymnal and is entitled, I Sing a Song of the Saints of God. I found this hymn this week and it's new to me. I don't know the melody. I'm going to be reading it. But I want you to really listen to the words. It's a very sweet little hymn. I sing a song of the saints of God patient and brave and true, who toiled and fought and lived and died for the Lord they loved and knew. And one was a doctor, and one was a queen, and one was a shepherdess on the green. They were all of them saints of God, and I mean God helping to be one too. They loved their Lord so dear, so dear, and his love made them strong. And they followed the right for Jesus' sake, the whole of their good lives long. And one was a soldier, and one was a priest, and one was slain by a fierce wild beast. And there's not any reason, no, not in the least, why I shouldn't be one too. They live not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus's will. You can meet them in school, On the street, in the store, in church, by the sea, in the house next door, they are the saints of God, whether rich or poor. And I mean to be one, too. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Please remember that even though this podcast may make it easier sometimes when you cannot be in church to participate, Please remember that your church family still needs you there in person, needs your smiles, your presence, your gifts. Church attendance should not be about what we get out of it. Rather, it should always be about 
what we are meant to give to others. As God gave generously to us, so we give back unto our God. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, even to the point of giving up of God's self on the cross, we are likewise called to give up of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Almighty God, in gratitude for all you have done for us and given to us, we dedicate these gifts that we will be giving in the name of the one who lived died, and rose for our sakes. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. And Lord, we also hold up our silence, remembering those who have gone before us, your servants, your disciples, who are now with you in heaven. O God, our guide and our guardian, hope of all who trust in you. In Christ, you weep with those who mourn, even as you cry out in triumph over the grave. Unbind us from sin, release us from captivity, and raise us from death to life, so that we may join that great crowd of saints who forever sing praises to your holy name. For blessed are you, O God. You are holy, gracious, and good, the hope of all the faithful. You empower the meek and encourage the poor. You comfort those who mourn and fill humble hearts with gladness. You give food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty, peace to the peacemakers, mercy to the merciful, and honor to the despised. We ask that you sustain us, your saints in ministry, until at last we see our reward, the joy of eternal life with you through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray and continue to pray as he taught us to, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn for this morning is number 555 in the hymnal.
forward through the ages. Forward through the ages in unbroken line, move the faithful spirits at the call divine. Give sin differing measure, hearts of one accord, manifold in service, one the sure reward. Forward through the ages in unbroken line, move the faithful spirits at the call divine. Sorry, I'm going to blame it on the cold. (laughs) Let me read the rest. Wider grows the kingdom, reign of love and light. For it we must labor till our faith is sight. Prophets have proclaimed it, martyrs testified. Poets sung its glory, heroes for it died. Forward through the ages in unbroken line, move the faithful spirits at the call divine. Not alone we conquer, not alone we fall. In each loss or triumph, lose or triumph all. Bound by God's far purpose in one living whole, move we on together to the shining goal. Forward through the ages in unbroken line, move the faithful spirits at the call divine. Before we take our leave now of one another, as we turn off this podcast and go out into our day or into our evening, may we recite the Wesleyan Covenant prayer together. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Go forth to be God's people. Go in strength to be the saints of God. Live the way of God with confidence, for God is your shepherd and will guide you to the spring of life. Blessing and glory to our God forever and ever, and all God's children say, Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends. In all your living and through your loving, Christ be your shalom. Christ be your shalom.